Genesis 44, continue the life of Joseph and his, uh, and his brothers. Uh, Genesis 44, and we'll read verses 1 through 18, then verses 31 through 33. Genesis 44, and uh, should be able to find that book pretty easy, right? Just start at the beginning. Right at the table of contents. Just trying to help you out. Genesis 44, beginning of verse 1. And says, and he commanded the stewards of his house, of course, that's Joseph, saying, fill the man's sacks with food as much as they can carry and put every man's money in his sack's mouth. And put my cup, the silver cup, in the sack's mouth of the youngest and his corn money. And he did according to the word that Joseph had spoken. As soon as the morning was light, the men were sent away, they and their asses. And when they were gone out of the city and not yet far off, Joseph said unto his steward, up. Follow after the men, and when thou dost overtake them, say unto them, Wherefore have you rewarded evil for good? Is not this it in which my Lord drinketh, and whereby indeed he divineth? Ye have done evil in so doing. Verse 6, And he overtook them, and he spake unto them the same words. And they said unto him, Wherefore saith my Lord these words? God forbid that thy servants should do according to this saying. Behold, the money which we found in our sacks, we brought again unto thee out of the land of Canaan. How then should we steal out of thy Lord's house silver or gold? With whomsoever of thy servants it be found, both let him die, and we also will be my Lord's bondmen. And he said, Now also let it be according to your words. He with whom it is found shall be my servant, and ye shall be blameless. Then they speedily took down every man his sack to the ground and opened every man his sack. And he searched and began at the eldest and left at the youngest, and the cup was found in Benjamin's sack. See, you got to watch those Benjamins, right? Then they rent their clothes and laid at every man his ass and returned to the city. And Judah and his brethren came to Joseph's house, for he was yet there. And they fell before him on the ground. And Joseph said to them, What deed is this that ye have done? What ye not that such a man as I can certainly divine? And Judah said, What shall we say unto my Lord? What shall we speak? Or how shall we clear ourselves? God hath found out the iniquity of thy servants. Behold, we are my Lord's servants, both we and he also, with whom the cup is found. And he said, God forbid that I should do so, but the man in whose hand the cup is found, he shall be my servant. And as for you, get you up in peace unto your father." Verse 18, Then Judah came near unto him and said, O my Lord, let thy servant, I pray thee, speak a word in my Lord's ears, and let not thine anger burn against thy servant, for thou art even as Pharaoh. Now down to verse 31. Verse 31 says, And it shall come to pass when he seeth that the lad is not with us, that he will die. And thy servant shall bring down the gray hairs of thy servant, our father, with sorrow to the grave. For thy servant became surety for the lad unto my father, saying, If I bring him not unto thee, then I shall bear the blame to my father forever. Verse 33, Now therefore I pray thee, let thy servant abide instead of the lad a bondman to my Lord, and let the lad go up with his brethren. Let's pray again, please. <laughs> Heavenly Father, again, Lord, we thank you for your mercy and grace. Lord, we thank you that we can uh, look back over thousands of years in the Word of God and see you working in people's lives and doing great works uh, for your people. And Lord, that can encourage us in what might be going in our life today, how you desire to work in our life today. Lord, uh, 
Again, we pray for others tonight. Lord, again, we thank you, Lord, that Sister Sarah could be here tonight. We thank you for the testimony she gave of the special time she had with you. But Lord, thank you for encouraging her spiritually and touching her physically that she could be here tonight. Lord, we think of others with physical need. We think of Sister uh, Judy Johnson tonight and Sister Barnett and Sister Dot and uh, Lord, others, uh, uh, Lord Kay and m many, dear God. Again, touch these and raise them up and uh, bring them to the house of God as well, we pray. Uh, Lord, uh, you know what's going on in other people's lives. Lord, again, I think of our young people. Lord, please uh, work in their young, work in their lives. And Lord, our children, Lord, save them at a young age as well. And God, help our all of our eyes to be towards Thee. And may we rest in Your faithfulness. Now, again, guide us and teach us through Your Word that You'd get glory thereby. In Jesus' name, Amen. And so, uh, of course. Uh, uh, we, we see here Joseph dealing with his brother. Now, of course, we know in uh, chapter 43, he had had a banquet with them, and then he sent them off, and of course, he'd put the money in there, in, uh, in there. and it's an interesting thing, as we'll note, uh, he could have revealed himself to them during that time, but he chose not to, and uh, of course, there's a, reason, there's a reason for that. But before Joseph revealed himself to his brother, of course, God was working uh, in the lives of his brethren. And then we'll see specifically, though he's working in the lives of all the brethren, I'm sure, we see specifically how Judah stands out here. <clears throat> and he was working, of course, uh, to do something special in uh, Judah's life and perhaps bring him to a place of surrender, uh, as, we, as we see here, to work in Judah's uh, uh, life. Because Now remember, Judah's not the oldest son, but yet he's prominent uh, here in this story, you know, he's the one that speaks out. Why didn't the oldest speak out? Normally, that was the rule, right? Uh, the oldest would speak out, but you notice it's Judah that's playing a role here. And so we see God working in not just in the lives of all the brethren, but specifically Judah, right? And to change his heart. Now, uh, remember last week uh, when we were looking at the story, the question was, as we looked at all the brethren, what is this that God hath done unto us? And remember, we said, hey, have you asked yourself that question? Hey, what's, what is God doing in our lives? And we saw last week how God, of course, deals with us in love, how God uh, uh, wants to bring us to himself, and that, of course, to do that, God has to uh, let us see the need in our life right? The need for him and, and, and the need with things going on in our life. And then, of course, uh, he reminds us, uh, he lets us see the need, then he reminds us of our deeds, right? Things that maybe we've messed up and need to confess uh, in our life. And then, uh, again, how God wants us to uh, return to him and walk with him. Yet, even though God uh, uh, tries to draw us in love, even though he reveals the need and reveals the deed and tries to draw us on himself, sometimes we're just a little bit stubborn. Anybody guilty of that? Anybody ever guilty of being stubborn with God? I probably got to, you know, raise your hand. I got probably got to raise uh, uh, both hands uh, there. We're all stubborn sometimes. And so we see that even though he had done this uh, with the, the brethren, they were still being a little bit uh, uh, stubborn and getting everything and getting everything uh, uh, right. So sort of the question, I guess, in, in this lesson, lesson tonight, and especially we see it with, with Judah, Judah, is this, have you had enough? <laughs> have you had enough? He keeps doing with this with the, with, uh, 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 the brethren. And uh, so it's like, you know, God's saying, hey, you know, what else do I have to do to help you get this thing right so you'll get where I want you to be? 
Now, again, as we mentioned last week, we know Joseph was where he was supposed to be and doing what he was supposed to do. And no matter what happened in his life, he continued to honor God. But again, for God's will to be done in the nation, Joseph wasn't the only one that had to be right with God. Everybody had to be where God wanted them to be. And so God had to keep, you know, putting that, putting that pressure on. Now, uh, uh, as we said last week, God uh, never overrides uh, normally the will of man, right? Uh, it's your decision, but sometimes he can put a little bit more pressure on you to sort of help you uh, think a little bit more about that decision uh, you need to make. And so it's like God is saying in the lives, hey, have you had enough? Are you ready, amen, uh, to, to surrender and get to where I want you to be? Now, remember when Joseph's brothers came to Egypt, they had no idea that they were going to see their brother, let alone not just see their brother, but let alone that he would be the one in charge of everything down there. They certainly didn't expect that. And of course, when he did meet him, he certainly didn't rush to reveal himself to them. Now, remember when they, they left last time, he did keep one of the brethren, right? He kept Simeon uh, with him and, of course, asked his brothers to go back to Canaan land. And, of course, they, they couldn't see his face again unless they brought Benjamin with him. And you remember when they had the dinner that the other brothers got something, but Benjamin, man, he, he loaded up Benjamin. Oh, Benjamin's special, isn't it? Do you get more than your sister? Obviously, any question about that? No, no way. I know the answer to that. No way. The girls get, the girls get spoiled. But in, again, in Genesis chapter 43, when Joseph prepared a feast for them, that would have been a good time to reveal himself to them. But for some reason... God didn't lead Joseph to reveal himself at that time because God still wanted to put a little bit more pressure on these brothers to deal with some things uh, in their life. And so uh, we see specifically that Judah seems to stand out here. And God was dealing with him in such a way that perhaps finally this, uh, when this situation happens, it breaks him. And finally he says, it's enough, Lord. Amen. I'm ready. I'm ready to totally uh, surrender here. And boy, that's a wonderful thing. It's sad that sometimes God, we don't give in right away. And God has to put a little more pressure. And God has to put us through the mill a little bit more. But glorious day, hey, whatever it is, you know, whatever God God has to do to make us get saved or uh, help us to get right with him, though we may not enjoy it at the moment, it's worth it. Amen. Whatever it takes, it's worth it to finally get right and get in his, get in his will because God cannot bless us, right? Right. God wants to bless us, but a lot of times he has to prepare us to receive what he has for us. So again, Joseph could have revealed himself at the banquet, but God had something he wanted to do first. And remember, God cares for us too much to rush his work in our life. Amen. God cares. God doesn't rush anything. Amen. Uh, God's, uh, 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 he'd like to see us surrender earlier, but God's not going to rush his work. He's patient with us. He's, he's gracious uh, uh, with us. And God has an order in which he wants to do things to accomplish things in our lives. And so God is uh, uh, working out uh, the order of things uh, to bring the, 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 the brothers, and especially it seems Judah here, to where he wants him uh, to be. And so we see again that God deals in individual lives. 
Again, as we saw this morning, right, when he got up and, and, and called everybody to come unto him, it was no different to him if he was dealing with an individual or he was dealing with the crowd. We say it often, hey, everything that Jesus did for the whole world, he would have done just for you, just for you. Again, a lot of times, you know, we want to we want a crowd before we'll do something. And, uh, you know, if only uh, uh, one person shows up. But, you know, hey, I've gone to villages. Like I said, I've gone to village and preached to one person. I've gone to villages and uh, preached to uh, a lot of people. And I'm glad that God is willing to take just as much effort and just as much care and concern to work in an individual life as he is uh, in dealing with a crowd. So God was dealing with all of Jacob's sons, but it seems in a special way he was dealing with Judah here because God was going to, of course, do something uh, out of the ordinary with him. Of course, uh, Judah was going to form the tribe. And of course, as we're going to see which Jesus came from, we know that he came from the tribe of Judah. Let me give you a couple verses here. Uh, Hebrews 7, 14 says this, For it is evident that our Lord sprang out of Judah, of which the tribe of Moses spake nothing concerning the priesthood. You know, it's amazing how God just sort of selects people because we know it's sort of the Levites uh, that were special uh, uh, with the priesthood. And then also, you know, the sons of Aaron. And it seemed like Judah, he was messing up a lot, right? Uh, we know, uh, you know, he messed up with his da daughter-in-law and some other things. And yet uh, uh, God, for some reason, God chose him. Revelation 5, 5 says this. And one of the elders saith unto me, weep not. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, hath prevailed to open the book and loose the seven seals thereof. I love that statement. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah. Now, remember, uh, also in those verses that he saw a lamb as it had been slain. But isn't that amazing? That lamb is also a lion. And uh, what a wonderful thought that is. So we don't know, understand why God works the way he does sometimes. But we got to remember, uh, God's ways are not our ways. He, he, he does things uh, different than we would do it or the way we'd like him to do them. Isaiah 55, 8 and 9 says this, For my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. And we're glad. Amen. We're glad that he doesn't. Sometimes we feel like we wish he would consult us on some things. <laughs> Amen. But hey, he doesn't need to consult us. Amen. He has his way of doing things. Verse 9 of Isaiah 55. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. Hey, we can trust his ways. In our life, we can trust his thoughts toward us. And what a wonderful thing that is. Listen, how is God going to work in your life? Well, hey, uh, that's his decision. God's working again may not always seem to make sense to our, human, to our limited human minds. But listen, I've, I, I, a lot of times when I'm in a situation or when I'm looking forward, again, I didn't understand what God was doing. But after I take a few steps, I can look back and I can say he doeth all things well. I don't question a thing that God has done in my life. Can't say maybe I didn't have a few questions at the moment. But when I, when I look back, I say, there he was, there he was, there he was, there he was. He was faithful all the time. He worked everything out just right. He brought it all together, amen, to my benefit and to his glory. 
And that's how he does it in every individual's life. And he wants to do in our lives. And that's how he's doing right here in the brothers' lives and especially Judah's. So there may be times when we don't know again what God is doing, but we marvel to see how he gets it done. Who would have ever thought again that God could use Judah? Again, uh, he's the one that messed up with his uh, daughter-in-law. And remember uh, when, when the, the, the brethren uh, wanted to kill uh, 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 Joseph, he's the one that said, hey, well, let's just sell him, right? And uh, he's the one, it was his idea to sell uh, uh, Joseph. And so, you know, uh, he, he wasn't a pretty good person at the time, but yet God uh, worked in his heart. He was the one uh, uh, that, that messed up often. However, in spite of his past, God worked in his life. And again, he was the tribe that brought forth the Messiah. And so that should be an encouragement to us that despite whatever your past may be, amen, when you get right with God and you get in the will of God and you let God have control of your life, you never know what he is going to do with your life. Hey, Paul's an example of that. Let me give you a couple of verses about Paul. First Timothy chapter one. Verses 13 through 16. First Timothy chapter 1, verses 13 through 16. Paul says this about himself. Who was before, he says, hey, before I got, thank God he put me in the ministry. Who was before a blasphemer and a persecutor and injurious. And remember, he was the one that was uh, responsible uh, 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 for the martyr of Stephen. So he was a blasphemer, a murderer, a persecutor, and injurious. But he says, but I obtained mercy because I did it ignorantly. And the grace of our Lord was exceeding abundant with faith and love, which is in Christ Jesus. I think we can all claim that verse. I look at my life and I can definitely give testimony that the grace of the Lord was exceeding abundant with faith and love in Christ Jesus in my life. And he says this in verse 15, this is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. Then he says in verse 16, how be it for this cause I obtain mercy. Hey, there's a reason that he saved me. There's a reason he changed my life that in me first, Jesus Christ might show forth all long suffering. And notice this statement in verse 16, for a pattern to them, for a pattern to them which should hereafter believe on him to life everlasting. He said, God, I had done all that stuff. I was guilty of the murder of Stephen. I was guilty of being a blasphemer. I was guilty of being a persecutor. I was guilty of being injurious. But God showed me mercy. And why did he do that? So that my life could be an example, a testimony of those that would believe after that, hey, man, if he can save somebody like Paul, then chances are somebody like me could get saved. Hey, uh, listen, uh, uh, you know, I wish, I, I, like I joke all the time, you know, and I'm serious about it, though. I wish everybody had a boring testimony, right? <laughs> we want people to have a boring testimony in the sense that, you know, they didn't get into a bunch of stuff. But thank God that if you did get into a bunch of stuff, that God still loves you and save you and change your life and can still use you in a mighty way. 
I mean, you, sometimes you meet somebody and all you, you just think, oh, well, man, that's a, that's a preacher or that's God's servant. Or you meet uh, uh, some lady, she just seems like the sweetest little Sunday school teacher you ever met. Or uh, uh, this man just seems like a, a, a man that loves God, has a heart for God. And uh, you just think, man, uh, 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 that guy just must have been an amazing guy his whole life. And then all of a sudden you hear her testimony. You're like, what? Her? You know, you're like, wow. Or him. I'd have, man, I'd have never thought that of him. You know, but that's just, that's the grace of God. That's the power of God. So we, we don't need to be surprised. Uh, you got to remember Moses. Moses was a murderer and did things. And so uh, we don't rejoice in what they did. But you know what? We're glad that God put it in his book. You know, that's another way we know that uh, a, a man didn't write this book. You know, most people, they'd have, they'd have left that uh, 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 stuff out. I guarantee if I ever wrote an autobiography, I might put a few things in there. You know, I don't want to make myself sound perfect. You know, I'll put a few things in there. But if you think I'm going to put the worst stuff in there, you can forget it. Amen. Uh, you can forget that. But hey, uh, but God puts it in there. And boy, we can look in there and we can say, man, if God can change a life like Moses, if God can change a life like Judah, if God can change a life like Paul, man, there's hope for me. There's hope for me. And what a wonderful uh, uh, thing uh, that is that God. And he said, listen, not only is he going to save him, but he's going to use him for a pattern. Now, before he got saved, you know, before Paul got saved, how many, or Judah, before Judah got right with God, and you know, you heard how he sold his brother, you heard what he did to his daughter-in-law. Now, how many people would say, now, 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 son, right there's an example, Judah. You just need to go hang around Judah for a while. That's a man that can help you. <laughs> wouldn't, wouldn't have said that. Amen. Or Paul, you know, he's out there uh, persecuting. Now, 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 son, uh, uh, you giving your life to Christ, you need to go out there and hang out for or that, that, that Saul of Tarsus. He just seems like a good man. Not many would have said that, but you certainly said it after he got saved and he took a lot of young men and had an impact on their life. And so what a wonderful thing that is that God changing lives. So God can change any heart and God can use any individual. But First, that individual has to come to the place of surrender in their life. And we see an example of that with Judah. God desires to bring us to the place of surrender in our lives. In Genesis 44 here, Judah is now a broken man. And notice again Judah's actions in verses, what he says in verses 14 through 16. And Judah, notice that they keep... Judah keeps standing out in this chapter. And Judah and his brethren, verse 14 of Genesis 44, came to Joseph's house, for he was yet there, and they fell before him on the ground. And Joseph said to them, What deed is this that ye have done? What ye not that such a man as I can certainly divine? And again, Judah said, remember, he's not the oldest. And Judah said, What shall we say unto my Lord? What shall we speak? Or how shall we clear ourselves? God hath found out the iniquity of of thy servants. So he brought him to a place of great conviction and he falls on his face. Amen. God had found him out. So the Lord, listen again, the Lord's not going to force us to do something, but he wants us to yield to him. So finally, Judah comes to the place, you know, God basically says to him, Judah, brethren, have you had enough? And I think at least if nobody else did, Judah says, I've had enough. Amen. I've had enough of this. I'm ready to get right with God. So God is always dealing with us and speaking to us to bring us to the place of surrender so that we desire him. Because we need to remember, just like Paul said, he said, why did God save me? To use me as a pattern. 
to use me as a pattern. And, you know, that's what God wants to do with your life. Hey, it, it, listen, everybody influences somebody. Maybe you don't influence. Maybe you'll never influence uh, uh, thousands. I don't know. But the person you influence may influence thousands. But everybody here, as you go through life, you're going to be influenced a certain number of people. So we need to remember your life is going to affect somebody else's life, especially if you become a, 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 a parent. Your life is going to affect and have an impact on somebody else's life. And so we need to remember that our lives affect other lives. And so notice the passionate plea that Judah made to Joseph on behalf of his brother, Benjamin. He said, man, I got to help Benjamin out, man. Benjamin's bad shape, man. We got to help Benjamin out. And so, but I, I, notice these verses. Uh, it, 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 to me, this is, a, is an amazing portion of scripture if you really think about it. Notice something here in verses 31 through 36. Now it says, and it shall come to pass. Now, uh, again, verse 18, when this happened, it says, Then Judah came near unto him and said, O my Lord, let thy servant, I pray thee, speak a word in my Lord's ear, and let not thine anger burn against thy servant, for thou art even as Pharaoh. So here uh, Judah comes, and he, he, he falls before Joseph. And he says a few things, and we come down to verse 31, and it says, And it shall come to pass, when he seeth that the lad is not with us, that he will die, and thy servant shall bring down the gray hairs of thy servant our father with sorrow to the grave. For thy servant became surety for the lad unto my father, saying, If I bring him not with thee, then I shall bear the blame to my father forever. Now notice verse 33. Now therefore I pray thee, let thy servant abide instead of the lad. Notice that statement. Let thy servant abide instead of the lad, lad, a bondman to my Lord, and let the lad go up with us. For he says, what's Judah saying? He's, listen, I, he's saying this, I'm willing to take his place. I'm willing to be the bondman so that he can go free. Now, now think about this now. Judah came near unto him. And he says, let thy servant abide instead of the lad, a bondman. Now, what does Judah said? Judah is saying, I'm willing to take his place. I'm willing to take his place. To me, if you picture this, if you, if you get this picture, I don't know about you, but when I, when I got thinking about what was going on here, to me, it was an amazing scene in light of God's word. Think about, think about what we see here. Right? Again, Christ came out of the tribe of Judah. And here, what do we see here? Here, Judah is being a wonderful type of Christ. Here, Judah is being a wonderful type of Christ. And what is he doing? He's interceding for the deliverance of an individual. Right? He's interceding for the deliverance of an individual. Now, notice... He did this not just out of love for the individual, but he also did it out of love for what his father, right? It, it, it says there, verse 34, how shall I go up unto my father and the lad be not with me? Lest peradventure I see the evil that shall come on my father. So why is Judah interceding? Of course, of course he loves his brother, but he's also doing out of love for his father. And why did Jesus intercede for us? Of course, he did it out of love for us. 
but he also became obedient unto death. Why? Out of love for his father. To be obedient made himself what? Uh, uh, took on the form of a servant and became obedient, obedient unto death too. He said, uh, Father, nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. And so Jesus, he interceded, of course, for his love for us, but also became obedient out of love for his father. And I thought, what a, what a beautiful picture this is of Christ, being Christ-like, a type of Christ. But here's, here's what else, uh, to take it a step further, that makes it amazing. Now, who's he speaking to here? He's speaking to Joseph. And what do we say about Joseph? We say he's one of the best types of Christ in the Bible. So uh, when I looked at this, this is, I said, Joseph is a type of Christ, right? Uh, and, and so here, to me, here's a, if you will, here's a type of Christ speaking to a type of Christ concerning the deliverance of an individual. Or you could almost, uh, if you took it a step further even, you could say it's a, it's a Christ being God. It's a picture of God interceding with God about setting an individual free. It's like these two types of Christ, if you will, are going back and forth about the deliverance. And you know what? That's exactly what happened for us to get saved. Amen. God got together with God. Amen. About setting us free. Acts 2.23 says this. Him, talking about when Jesus went to the cross, right? We think about, well, we say, well, the, the, the Jews or whoever delivered him over. But it says this in Acts 2. Him being delivered by the determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God. In other words, everybody thinks, well, the, the, you know, the Sadducees and the Pharisees, that they counsel together and all these other people counsel together. That's not why Jesus went to the cross, because God had already met with God, if you will. You know, uh, we say those things, but, you know, God already knows everything. But God had already met with God, if you will, over this thing and said, hey, uh, 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 we're going to intercede for man. And Jesus said, hey, if you will, I'll go. Right. And he did it out of love for us. He did it out of love for uh, the father. And he said, him being delivered by the determinate counts of foreknowledge of God, you have taken by wicked hands, wicked hands of crucified and slain, Acts 2, 23. And I just thought what a beautiful picture that is, amen, of Judah going in there uh, uh, before uh, uh, Joseph and uh, willing to intercede out of his love for, of course, his brother and his love for uh, his father. This was not the same man who lied to his father about Joseph and broke his father's heart. God had changed him, and now he could not bear to think of Jacob's heart being broken. Boy, he, think about the change before he had lied to his father and he had done all those things, amen? But this is the sign of a changed heart. So like Judah, we need to realize that our actions affect others. Others are hurt by our stubbornness and selfishness. But God, amen, is in the life-changing, is in the soul-saving, life-changing, local church-building business. And he changed uh, the life of this brother just like he's going to change the lives of all the brothers, amen? Because thank God that Joseph was already in the will of God. Now he's working on the individual brothers to, uh, to break them and bring them where they should be so that, amen, he can put this family together and put this family right where they need to be so that he can build uh, what will become the great nation of Israel, his people. 
And uh, to me, just what an amazing uh, thought and picture that is in, uh, in doing all this, this, this together. God working to bring it, bring it all together. And so God had a will for that family. And so I'm sure, no doubt, Joseph prayed for his uh, family. And perhaps he knew, they knew the promises of Abraham. Abraham. God had told Abraham that his people, what? We're going to go down into a strange land and be there for years. And so I'm sure that they knew that. Maybe Joseph prayed that prayer. Well, Lord, uh, you've got me down here, but you're going to have to do something to get the rest of the family down here. You're going to have to work a miracle. You know, and that's, a, that's a wonderful, uh, that's, that's a wonderful uh, thing uh, that you can pray about when you pray, you know, if again, uh, if a couple, if both of them aren't uh, right with the Lord or things in a family or that, that you know, when you pray, you have the will of God uh, on your side. And Joseph, when he prayed for the fa his family, amen, uh, for God to work and to bring them together and restore that family so that God's will could be fulfilled, he had the will of God uh, on his side and he could pray. He could pray with uh, confidence there. Man, it's hard just to hit the hit the high notes of those things, but uh, just 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 a, a, a amazing stories that you find here uh, in the book of Genesis of God working in the lives uh, of His people. Let's pray.